A More Beautiful Life podcast, recognizing, appreciating, and integrating earliest life experiences. There are times in our lives when we all yearn for something. More contact with others. A special relationship. A better job. More time to oneself. More respect. More love. More support or, well, anything. It can all be summed up in wanting a more beautiful life. You just fill in the blank for what equals beauty for you. My specialty is healing our earliest traumas to discover our truest nature. I've been working at understanding this paradigm for a long time, since 1999, when a client remembered her birth during a craniosacral session. She explained to me that she felt healing her birth experience would relieve her lifelong depression. That experience took hold of me with such passion so that years later I'm filling in the gap between our ancestral past and our present lives with recognition of our earliest life experiences starting preconception. It involves appreciating how we adapted to our difficulties and then integrating any overwhelming experiences into our current lives. Welcome to A More Beautiful Life. This podcast includes luminaries from the fields of infant mental health, prenatal and perinatal psychology, colleagues and experts in trauma resolution, advanced body workers, clients who want to share their stories, authors of pivotal books and articles, and people who, in my opinion, have sought out a more beautiful life. Join me, Kate White, and our honored guest as we explore a more beautiful life. Enjoy. Today on the show, I have Dr. Jennifer Franklin. One of the first gastropsychologists in the U.S., Dr. Franklin is an experiential, somatically oriented, mindfulness-based psychologist specializing in the treatment of psychophysiologic disorders, PPD, especially digestive PPD. Dr. Franklin began her career on the heels of having suffered greatly herself from digestive PPD. A year of psychotherapy as a teenager kick-started her healing process and made her acutely aware of the powerful relationship between mind and body, and then over the course of graduate school, she recovered completely. For over two decades, Dr. Franklin has been providing psychotherapy, teletherapy, and consultation to individuals, couples, and families. She has taught Vipassana and mindfulness meditation, served as an associate editor for the Journal of Humanistic Psychology, given talks on the brain-gut connection and healing the gut, started a website and YouTube channel to offer patients and healthcare providers valuable information about how to promote healing. To learn more, visit DontHateYourGuts.com. And today on the show, I have Dr. Jennifer Franklin, who's a psychologist who lives in, it's Durham, North Carolina, right, Dr. Jennifer? And, And she's a friend and a colleague, someone I met, you know, on the path to learning all about the autonomic nervous system 
And it's wonderful to have you on the show today. Thanks for coming. Thank you so much for having me, Kate. It's my pleasure to be here. Yeah, it's been such a pleasure to get to know you. We've had a couple of, of wonderful exchanges doing work together. And then I found out that she had this way cool website called Don't Hate Your Guts, which is like a very unusual thing to go around saying because, I mean, it has multiple meanings, I think. Mm -hmm. Will you Would you please tell people a little bit about your website mm -hmm. and the work that you do there? Mm -hmm. um, well, I... It's funny, I actually bought the URL for Don't Hate Your Guts about 10 years before I actually produced a website. <laughs> I was worried about how people were going to receive it. I didn't want it to come across as too, like, you know, um, uh, flippant because um, the, the, the kinds of things that I work with are um, really serious, chronic digestive problems, primarily digestive problems, although uh, over the years I've always gotten referrals for other things that doctors have a hard time fixing or curing. Um, and, um, and, and so don't hate your guts is, is really, um, I think it speaks to how easy it is to truly hate your gut. Um, and to truly hate, um, you know, your whole body, essentially, um, and the way and even your nervous system, you know, whatever you uh, attribute the problem to ends up kind of being an enemy to to people because they can't they can't get past the problem they can't get back to normal um and so it's just kind of what came out <laughs> well, well well wait but let's go back because it's like how does it become don't hate your guts because you're a psychologist right and yeah. And we met in the context of understanding autonomic nervous system function and polyvagal work and relationship and all these things. So like when I hear like people hate their gut, well, mm -hmm. I mean, I think, well, this, this role I get on my gut or does it mean irritable bowel or does it mean um, other things? Like what is it that people come to you for? Okay. There's a lot of ways to refer to the kinds of things that I treat, right? So um, on the one hand, I treat autonomic nervous system dysfunction or, you know, nervous system dysregulation, whatever you want to call it. And that includes anxiety and um, trauma, you know, symptoms of trauma, whether it's diagnosable as PTSD or not, um, sometimes depression um, and a whole host of, you know, just relational or interpersonal difficulty. Um, but I also um, am most well known for and why I developed Don't Hate Your Guts is because um, I'm, I'm really specialized in treating what are called disorders of gut-brain interaction, which includes um, irritable bowel syndrome or IBS and uh, functional dyspepsia, chronic constipation. And there are some other diagnoses as well. Um, cyclic vomiting is another one. Um, what? Cyclic vomiting. People who just like vomit every now and then or what? No, they go through episodes of horrific vomiting and nausea where the, it's so debilitating. It's really bad. Um, and so that, that then disorders of gut brain interaction can also be referred to as digestive uh, psychophysiologic disorders, digestive PPD. They can also be referred to as mind body disorders or sometimes medically unexplained illness. There's a lot of different names for those kinds of problems. And that's just the digestive area, right? But every specialty of medicine has its 
own, you know, also called functional medical problems or psychophysiologic disorders. So in every area of medicine, there are these more, um, there are these types of diagnoses that are really a function of what's happening somewhere between the nervous system and this other part of the body. And it could include multiple parts like the immune system and the digestive system. And it's really hard to figure out what exactly is going totally. on. And no, they, they, they put you in little, you go from one silo to the other and it's so mm -hmm. confusing and people don't know how to integrate right. and, and give a holistic sort of uh, perspective or even treatment options because that's how medicine is in our country. It sounds like you blend things then. Is that right? I do. But, and you know, I'm also, you know, we also have to choose our specialties because we can't get training in like everything under the sun. And even if we do, we can't, I mean, it's hard to get a license and to get the training to have multiple licenses. So I'm a psychologist. I really focus on the nervous system component of these different medical problems. Well, okay. So <laughs> when I first started exploring the gut, there, mm -hmm. are, there were a couple things. One was the microbiome, of course, because, you know, I'm a birth birth person and we're told if you have a C-section, your baby doesn't get the microbiome that it needs. So that was one thing. And that's been a big thing now in epigenetics and how we develop and express ourselves. Um, and then it became, okay, well, what about when you talk about the autonomic nervous system and how that affects the gut? Mm -hmm. That's very curious to me because whenever I talk to functional medicine people, they're all about, well, it's the leaky gut and it's actually your actual physiology of your gut lining is the, is the, is the, is the reason why. But now I'm, listen, when I listen to you, I think, well, maybe it could be something else. Well, so. I, from what I know, again, I'm not um, a physician, but from what I know, leaky gut is a rather controversial diagnosis to begin with. So not everybody believes in that diagnosis as actually being a thing. Um, I didn't so, know. Um, and it's not necessarily the cause for the kinds of things that I treat. So it might be happening. It might not be happening. It might be uh, a contributing factor. It might not be. We kind of don't have... Um, a clear answer for that. Oh, gosh, it's really, just, it's really mucky. <laughs> well, I just feel like I want to call a pause and go, dang. I mean, because mm -hmm. there, there's so much out here on all these things and they try to pump you up with different, like, um, you know, algutamine and all kinds of other right. Right. supplements. And you try right. so hard to address right. all these things in your gut and you get put on special diets and you told not to eat all these things. Right. But here's what we know, Kate, right? right. We know <laughs> that the parasympathetic nervous system is responsible for our rest and digest functionality, right? It's a huge component of what allows our body to rest and digest, right? So what I do is really focus on how to get the nervous system regulated, right? How to get the parasympathetic nervous system turned on in a way that really helps um, the body start doing what it's supposed to do when rest and digest comes online. Mm -hmm. And that's a slow acting system, right? The parasympathetic nervous system is not a fast acting system like the sympathetic nervous system, right? It's a slower acting system. It comes online in the absence of danger, right? So in other words, 
if our nervous system is wired to assess for and protect us from danger, right? The motto is danger until proven otherwise. And so if our body is operating with that motto, it means that danger is what it's is what our minds are oriented to. It's what our nervous systems are oriented to, not safety. We're not oriented to safety, right? Safety is a byproduct of the absence of danger. <laughs> Right. So what happens in the body is when you start having these kinds of medical symptoms, right, that then becomes a source of danger. So it's like danger is happening inside of our body. And that activates for a lot of people a stress response. It might not happen the very first time you have symptoms. Right? It might be just, a, hmm, I wonder what's going on. But as the symptoms continue, at some point, it becomes a stressor in and of itself to have the symptoms. And on top of that, the symptoms might include pain, which is another stressor and activates a stress response. So you have these stressors happening within our body. We don't know why they're happening, right? Mm -hmm. um, but as I've learned that a lot of times those symptoms do relate to stressors that are happening outside <laughs> of our bodies. There's something environmental, there's something relational that's activating yeah. those stress response. So it's just layer upon layer of stress response. I mean, I could go on and on, but this is what I essentially call the tangled web of dysfunction. It's that these layers of stress and traumatic responses get constellated all together and, and just get so mm -hmm. tangled up and it becomes so overwhelming to the body to deal with all of that, that then we start seeing these you know, physiological symptoms. Oh, I, this is speaking to me in a big way. <laughs> I hope all the, all you out there listening to are listening like, oh my God. All right. So I I would like to have you walk us through how it is to be a, a patient or a, cl a client in your practice. But I also know that you've developed these, this three the three-part series to help people understand your work. So let's let's go there first because you just mentioned the title of the first one, which is the tang tangled web of dysfunction. So why don't you just talk a little bit about this first? Uh, you about what you've done. You've developed now a way for people to learn from you in a very good, efficient way, and and then we can go through the three parts and you can just describe it. Okay. Um... So as you mentioned, I uh, have just released a three-part audio series on healing, and, and um, the you know each one of them is about an hour of listening material that um, solid educational foundation for um, for engaging in the healing journey, right? And so part one um, really focuses on the nervous system, what it is, and what I think everybody should know about their nervous system in order to really um, think about how they're going to help their bodies, their guts to heal, right? Because I'm not an expert on everybody. I'm an expert on, you know, what I do, but everybody is unique in their own way. And um, everybody has a story and a history um, and so I want to empower people to um, be curious about their own nervous systems and their own bodies and their own um, experiences in life and to understand how to um, kind of work 
um, either with a therapist, either with a psychotherapist or, uh, you know, hopefully with a psychotherapist or maybe not, um, maybe just in parts to work with a psychotherapist. But um, the information in part one is really what I think is going to lay the foundation for uh, sort of the rest. It, it, it kind of provides a rationale for what I what I propose later. So in part two, um, I call it, um, I think it's, I called it um, getting into a healing mindset. So it's really the nuts and bolts of healing in the sense that um, whatever you do to try to help your body or gut to heal, um, I believe, you know, has to be happening in the context of, you know, the appropriate mindset, right? If you set certain expectations that are not realistic or not helpful, then you're kind of setting yourself up to go through this effort to try something only to have you be disappointed. And then that becomes a stressor, right? Like, um, for instance, I think one of the most important, you know, the most important, one of the most important um, components of getting into the right mindset is understanding that, um, that this is not a zero sum game, right? This is not about winning. <laughs> this is not about being at war with your body and you beating your symptoms or you beating your gut. Um, that I don't find to be helpful because it pits you against your body, right? And it's basically saying, yeah, Let's have you get into a fight response with your body and let's battle it out, right? And a fight response, as you know, is a manifestation of stress. It's yes. the sympathetic nervous system getting activated, which is not the rest and digest system. We don't want right. to turn that on more. Right. Okay. And the third part, the third part is um, really the how-to of healing. It's an overview. It is not the entire, you know, all the details um that one might need to go through but it gives a solid overview of 10 transformational processes that um that are typically involved in the work that i do with patients on some level mm -hmm. wow well it's exciting i can't wait to listen to those three so that um i mean when you talk about all the things that we need to do, it's like our culture doesn't really do parasympathetic very well. At least that's my experience about uh, of living here. And especially now with the pandemic and, and all the things, you know, all the stresses that can happen. And I, I don't know how you help people thread this needle. Um, Dr. Jennifer, can you, can you walk, <laughs> how, well, how, like, can you walk us through how it is? Like, do you, do people, can you give a case study or tell us a story or give us an example of how people can heal their, I guess it's their gut, but it's more than their gut. It's mm -hmm. it's just their overall sort of self. I mean. Yeah. No, I mean, I think there's truth in that. You know, I'm not saying that the whole self is like flawed or that people are flawed. Um, it's no, that, they're just stressed out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're stressed out, they're overwhelmed. Um, and a lot of people with the kinds of things that I treat don't really know that. Um, I think some people are starting to learn that about themselves. So like more and more these days, people call me and say, I, I recognize that stress is a component of the physiological symptoms I'm experiencing and I can connect those dots. But for a long time, and there's still some people that um, 
that really aren't aware of how anxious their nervous systems really are. They don't recognize. And I was one of those people because I, you know, I started because I was diagnosed with irritable bowel syndrome as a teenager, actually. And, um, and I remember that um, somebody, somebody mentioned, somebody asked me, like, are you anxious or something? And I said, no, like, I really didn't identify with being anxious, you know, and I was, I was really anxious. Um, and it's hard to recognize something when it's lifelong, right? When you've been anxious your whole life, that's all you know. And when you come from an anxious family system, everybody is anxious around you. You know, it's not, it's not a thing. You know, you don't say, oh, I'm anxious. It's just the way it is. And so it's really hard to recognize that you don't, um, you know, you really have to help kind of settle the nervous system and start turning on the parasympathetic nervous system sometimes, a lot of times before you can actually understand the nature of the problem. So it's like a lot of times in my work, the treatment comes before an assessment of the problem oh, <laughs> because you know what I mean? Because if, the whole thing about the kinds of, um, you know, psychophysiologic disorders or functional medical problems or whatever you want to call it, mind body problems, that there, there is no clear cause. That's one of the things that drives people crazy. And you could spend a lot of time and money and energy um, going to different doctors and going to different practitioners to try to figure out what is causing my problem. Why am I having this problem? Right. And the why really turns on a more left brain um, process, right? That we start thinking about why and analyzing, thinking, 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 and getting information and then integrating <laughs> that information. Right? I mean, you can spend a lot of time, you can spin out on that, but totally. a, lot, a lot of times it doesn't lead to anything fruitful because there is no clear cause. And that's one of the things about this, right? Um, and so I really try to help people bypass that. And when it comes to digestive problems, the way that I explain this to patients is that, and so I, I, first of all, my approach is sometimes I have to do a, a lot of education around mm -hmm. this because patients, you know, patient, patients need to understand certain things in order to get into a, a healing mindset, a mindset that's going to facilitate healing. And what that means is a mindset that's going to help turn on the rest and digest functionality and to keep it on long enough because it's a slow acting system that the body can start to normalize over time. Right. Yeah. It's exciting. It's exciting what you are saying, but a lot. <laughs> I don't even know. No, like, I'm excited. Like how, but so how do you, what are the treatments look like? I mean, is it okay? Like what I'm hearing is mm -hmm. we all need to, turn on that parasympathetic part of our nervous system a whole lot more if our health is going to get better. That's right. So like, what well, and it? it's, How and it's true. Okay. So it's hard for me to talk specifically about what I actually do with each person I work with, because what I do can be so different depending on who they are. I mean, I've had some people who have never told their story of, um, you know, IBS, because there's so much shame in talking about, you know, uh, poop and vomiting and all that stuff. So for some people, just having somebody to really listen to what they've been through can be really healing if they've never told their story. 
for somebody else, um, you know, sometimes people come in in the very first session, they, they've been to so many doctors that they're used to telling the whole story of their symptoms, how it started, blah, blah, blah. And it just very quickly becomes apparent that they've told the story so many times that they just tell it rotely like a robot, right. you know? And in that case, I don't, I don't think it's helpful to tell the story. So one of the things I do, I know it sounds really bad maybe, but I, um, I interrupt a lot, especially early in sessions because, and I let people know that I might be interrupting. Um, and I, you know, and I ex like, I explain why that's important because we've got to disrupt that whole pattern of brain gut communication, right? We have to disrupt all of those patterns um, that are contributing to the symptoms. And, you know, if telling your story is, um, is something that's so painful that you check out, right? You're just like not even home while you tell the story because it's such an awful story to tell, then why would I want to contribute to that, right. you know? And so that's always what I'm thinking is like, how can I get the biggest bang for our buck right now? What can I do that's going to make the biggest difference um, in terms of turning on the parasympathetic nervous system as expediently as possible, right? And what's the most accessible, what's the easiest way to get there that I think this person's nervous system is ready for now and it's going to just kind of glom on and be like, yes, I want to go there. So for instance, if somebody comes in and, um, well, let me back up. Part of that is helping people to feel safe right. as quickly as possible. And so, you know, you and I have learned strategies to do that. And so one of the things I do just right off the bat, if somebody comes and meets me in person, it's, you know, you've never met me. You've never been here before. Just take time to look around my room, look around my office, let yourself, you know, get acquainted with this new environment. Let's take time to do that. And then, you know, you know, how does it feel with me sitting where I'm sitting? You know, would you feel more comfortable if I moved over here or over there or back or forward? And so we, we just find you know, these, these ways to help people to orient to this new environment and to feel comfortable um, and safe. So that right there is, you know, for a lot of people that I work with, that's really novel. They go, wow, I've never really been invited to take time, to take as much time as my nervous system needs to do that. And because you gave me that time and permission, I feel calmer already, feel less nervous about meeting with a psychologist. Yeah, well, that sounds good. I, mm -hmm. it's a relational, uh, it's a, it's a relational practice. It's a relational intervention. It's an autonomic nervous system intervention. It's an educational intervention. And then I suppose you have some very specific gut oriented interventions. Um, surprisingly they're not that gut oriented like even in doing that right off the bat um sometimes somebody will notice i don't know if you can tell my wall color is this like caribbean blue yeah it's very nice people really respond to that so like well, that's sometimes when they look around the room and i say you know how was that they'll say or i don't even have to ask them sometimes they'll just say i really like looking at you know, the wall color, or sometimes I invite people like, if you notice some, as you look around the room, if you notice something that feels pleasing, right, to look at or to take in, 
why don't you let yourself rest with that? Just let yourself kind of hang out with that and take that in and notice what happens, right? And so oftentimes they'll report, well, I really like looking at the wall color or I really like looking at the beadboard ceilings, right? It's really reminds me of, you know, and then they, there's like this story that comes out of like how good that feels or what it reminds them of that's pleasurable. Right, and right then and there, all of a sudden that starts turning on the more the parasympathetic nervous system. It's like, let's just be with that. Let's slow down and just enjoy how that's feeling. And lo and behold, oh, I noticed my body starting to relax. Really? Where's that happening? Oh, my gut's starting to find a little more ease. That's interesting. I mean, it just starts with like the smallest little thread of something that feels good yeah. in the context of safety and connection often. Well, I can tell there's a lot more that we need to probably talk about with all the things that you can do, Dr. Jennifer, but, but we're just really about out of time today. But I can really sense that really unpacking like what it would be for someone to really take your paradigm on seriously and how can we shift our the ways we practice, you know, with people. How can we shift them so that there's greater health in our people? Because I can, as I can see that we're suffering, we're suffering more than I think I've ever seen our people suffering with all the shootings and all the stress and all the disconnection and all the fear. And so um, I really want to magnify uh, what it is that you're doing. So thank you for coming in today. Is there anything else you'd like to share? Just especially how people can find you and mm -hmm. I'll make sure they're in the show notes as well. Okay. Um, well, people can find me at don'thateyourguts.com. And um, I also have a YouTube channel and Instagram, just those things. Um, you know, obviously I have the, the three-part audio series on healing that's available um that's uh, on your website right yes yeah i'll make sure that people can access that through the show notes mm -hmm. there's also um a five-part um series on the brain gut connection for people who really want to go deep into understanding kind of the nuances but it it is rooted in polyvagal theory so if somebody's really interested in learning about polyvagal theory and how that applies to the brain gut connection um so i really kind of go into that in the five-part webinar series which i'll be revising soon but it's there and something like that will be, be there as well um and what else can i say i just you know my training is really about being present in the here and now and turning on the parasympathetic nervous system through largely a right brain, a right brain approach, mm -hmm. right? Which is very relational. Um, and it's, you know, uh, the gist of it is the more that you can orient to safety, right? The more that you can find connection with yourself uh, and others in the world that feels good and safe, um, you know, the more you're turning on the parasympathetic nervous system and, and then it's about looking at the patterns that get in the way of your staying in a parasympathetic place and dealing with those things one at a time so that it creates the, it paves the way to sustainable rest and digest functionality. Well, that sounds really good. <laughs> are, are you taking in any open to new clients or is that 
<laughs> I guess you can't yeah, practice. Well, you know, I've had a pretty full practice for a while. I do, I do have a waiting list. I, I'm always available for uh, consultation with people that uh, that I can't get into my practice. So, by all means, if you're interested in working with me, contact me. Um, and I'm also thinking, you know, I'm thinking about putting together um, some groups yeah. uh, so that I can help more people um, in a more cost-effective way. So that's something I'm looking at doing in 2023. All right. Well, thank you, Dr. Jennifer. That sounds perfect. Uh, so I'll ask you the question I ask everyone, you know, mm -hmm. what makes your life more beautiful? Okay. I'll answer that question in just a moment, but I do want to thank you so much for having me here, Kay. It's been wonderful being able yeah, to talk about I'm, these things. I'm deeply curious now. <laughs> I, can't wait, I, can't wait to, I can't wait to hear everything and probably come work with you to come up with some, you know, good ways to increase our parasympathetic rest and digest in our people. So that's great to, to hear. Continue, yeah. Thank you for the encouragement. Now, um, what makes my life more beautiful? I um there's a lot of things, actually. Um, my family, um, I have a really beautiful husband and beautiful son, and we enjoy um, a lot of joy and laughter and good times together. So that makes my life beautiful. Um, nature, you know, living where I live in Durham, there's just so much nature around. I don't have to go very far to go in the woods and, you know, the trees are beautiful right now. The fall foliage is gorgeous. Um, and so that is really beautiful. Being by the ocean is beautiful when I can get there and, you know, being from Los Angeles, by the way, I am licensed in California. Um, but being from Los Angeles, um, I just love being by the ocean and that makes my life more beautiful. Just the smell of the sea even makes my life more beautiful and that, that misty air. Mm -hmm. Um, what else? Just, you know, being with people that are kind and you know that that want to um engage with me like i just really like um being around people and meeting new people and i find people so interesting especially when they're they want to open up and tell me their story of how they got to where they are and who they are um wit and banter <laughs> i find life without wit and banter not as beautiful. <laughs> um, wow. After wit and banter, um, I just, I just kind of live for that and language and art and music. Wow, it sounds like you have such a rich life. I mean, not in like tangible things, but in, in in love of living. So it's been wonderful to have you, Dr. Jennifer, and and we'll have you back again to talk more about how to not hate your guts. <laughs> I would love that. Thank you so much. You've been listening to a More Beautiful Life podcast. To support our show, please go to Patreon forward slash A More Beautiful Life.